0: Welcome to the What to Expect While Fostering and Adopting podcast show. If you're a foster mom, on the journey to adoption, already adopted, or somewhere in the middle, trying to figure out how to navigate the foster care system, wanting to grow your family through adoption, trying to balance everything, or stuck in that space of all things unknown, you're in the right place. What if there was a way to fast track your knowledge, prepare you for the good and the hard, and somebody who could answer that long list of questions I know you have? Hi friend, I'm Christine Marie, biblical mindset coach, adoptive mom, and previous foster parent of 77 children. Yep, you heard that right, 77 kiddos. I'm your host, and my goal is to help make your journey a lot easier by sharing my best tools, techniques, and skills that helped me pivot from foster care to adoption, fully surrender, and trust the process. I'm about to bring some calm to the chaos and show you how to navigate through this journey with a whole lot of grace. So, go grab your cup of coffee and let's jump in. I am so excited that you guys are here today, and I can't wait to dive into today's episode because when I sat down to think about what we're going to talk about today, I don't know about you guys, but does God ever talk to you guys while you're in the shower? Because for me, I get some of my biggest downloads in the shower. So, he really wanted me to speak about these things um, that we're going to cover today. And, and they are things that nobody taught me, nobody discussed with me, but things that I learned and probably you could imagine I learned them the hard way, but these aren't things that I expected. So I came up with a list of five of the things that I didn't expect or didn't know or wasn't taught During my foster parenting journey. And so, this is my list of five things. I'd love to know yours. If you go into our Facebook group, you just need to search what to expect while fostering and adopting, and you'll find our Facebook group. And I would love to know what are some of the things that you learned during your foster care journey that you never expected. So, let's just dig right in. So, the first one, Actually, I think I'm going to tell you what it is at the end. So the first one, when we started fostering, I had no idea that we were actually fostering. So like I shared on my first podcast was that we were just really looking to adopt a child, a very specific child. We wanted a little girl. We wanted a little girl that was in the birth order. Um, so that made her would make her less than two years old and so that's what we were looking for and we ended up becoming foster parents by accident so when I was told what we needed to do was we needed to take these certification classes and that would make us certified a certified foster home or certified foster family so that was all I knew I knew that we needed to take these classes and then we would get this certificate and then this certificate would mean that we would find our forever family that was like all I understood, right? So today we're gonna talk about number one, what is a certified foster home? Now you might say, oh, I know what that is. Okay, let's talk a little bit more. So I thought that meant we got the certificate, we had a certifier, we had a caseworker for a child, um, all the other people who are involved, right? And that was it. That was like what a certified foster home was. So here's what I learned. A certified foster home is an extension of child welfare. Your home is now a certified foster facility for the state. Now, what does that mean, right? So I want you to think about like big organizations that we know really well, right? Like the Department of Justice. You would never imagine I'm going to certify my home to be a tax collection office, right? But this is what you're doing. You are certifying your home to be a certified home of the state, okay? So... That means that your home now needs to uphold certain standards and there's a whole list of them, right? That when children come into your home, there's a certain level of expected care. There is a certain level of expectation with acquiring services for your child that's in your home, you are expected to take the child to probably most likely counseling and therapies and have them to school on time and pick them up from school on time. Typical things that you would do with your own children, right? But you are now held to the state standard. So getting immunizations for the child, whatever is an expected. So I know there's some parents out there who don't immunize, right? You don't have that right with a father child you are held to the expectation of whatever it is that are the state's requirements so that part I didn't understand that my home now had no off-limits places in my home so when my certifier came over they looked in every single closet every single nook and cranny of my house Um, and that's just because your home is now an extension of the state. There is no space that is off limits. Um, so I didn't really understand that. I didn't understand that a child needed to eat. Then the expectation, you know, whether it was culturally, dietary, whatever the, the, the reason was, that the expectation would be that I would make accommodations, right? Because the ultimate ruling authority over my home now was the state. So I I didn't know that. I did not know that when I went to go pick up that little girl at the DHS Child Welfare Office, I didn't know that I was now becoming an extension of the state. So there's so much more we're going to dive into on that topic, but for right now, that was... Probably the biggest thing is understanding truly what a certified foster home was in that my home was no longer my home. Way I say, it's not just my home, it's now the state's home, right? That was a big shocker to me because I thought we were just taking in this child and this child would now become an extension of us where it was actually, we were becoming an extension of the state. So let's talk about number two. You guys, this was a big one for me, huge. So as I talked about, when we got that certification and we were going to become foster parents, the only objective for me and my husband, as far as we knew, was that we were becoming foster parents to adopt a child. That was our number one goal. That was the number one, only numero uno reason that we became foster parents. So number two, what is the purpose of child welfare? holy cannoli, you guys, I was not prepared for this. And I learned this the very hard way, which is why I'm sharing it with you because I've made so many mistakes and learned so many things the hard way because I just didn't know what I didn't know. So when we went, like I said, when we went in to foster care, we only went there with the purpose and objective of adoption. But what I didn't understand is I needed to realize what the, What was the purpose of child welfare? Because that was the agency that I was making this agreement with to adopt my child. The purpose of child welfare is to protect and unify, provide that safe space for children while their parents are going through whatever situation it is with the objective to reunify this child with their family of origin. They were not there for me to adopt a child now is that a result that can sometimes come from the foster care system is foster care to adoption yes now are some of the children in the foster care system like you can go meet with a certifier and say i am only here to adopt and they will show you a list of children that are already legally free and available for adoption okay that is not what we did we went to foster care to find our child to adopt so if you know we do not want to wait on finding a match going through the foster care system for adoption i would encourage you to only look at children that are available already legally free when some when i originally remember that certifier told us it is free to adopt it is not free to adopt it might be financially by the dollar free to adopt But emotionally, nothing is free, and especially in foster care. So what we did learn is that the first and most important objective for child welfare is to reunify that child with their birth parent. Mother or father. And then, secondly, it would be to reunify that child with their birth family or family of origin. Thirdly, it would be to reunify that child with a familial connection. That could be a friend, somebody who was involved in the child's um, life previously. The foster family adoption is the very last option. And I didn't know that. You guys, I can't tell you how many tears I have cried when we had a child that I believed. The child's therapist believed, you name it. They believed that we were the right fit for the child, but there was um, an extended family member. They always get the preference to adopt as long as they are a safe place because it's family. And now knowing what I know on the other side of it, I completely support that because a child being and living with their family of origin is so important. Both of our both of our daughters that we have now, um, we don't have, you know genetic history on them. We don't have, what they're uh, at risk or predisposed to, right? We don't have any of those family stories to share with them. We There's so much missing. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie, Stuart Little, but he says, I have the the little mouse, he says, I have an empty space and I can't imagine what that empty space for our child feels like. And yes, while we provide a very loving and wonderful family for them and you know, I call my daughters, you know, I say that they're, they're my daughters, right? And they know me as their mom, there is still that missing piece. And I can't feel that missing piece. So had I known hindsight, right, the purpose of child welfare was, and I hope that nobody takes this defensively, because this was the realization that I had to have. And so that's why I'm sharing it now. Foster parents, are caregivers. Foster parents are paid to watch over a child until they can be returned to their family, their birth family, or their family of origin. That I wish I would have known. So if somebody is looking at stepping into foster care, no, I would really ask you to evaluate your heart and say, is this something that I can selflessly step into? And I am not looking to adopt the child that is placed with me because I'll tell you so many times I was so bonded and so attached to these children or this child and when they came into my home I wanted to keep them and that I don't know the ways that it hindered but I know I could have been a better foster parent had I not been looking for my own future adoptive child because I would have stepped out in other ways to help these birth parents. I don't know what they would have been specifically, but I know I could have been that bridge, right? I could have been that bridge more so between that child and that birth mom or birth father or or birth family. So that was a, probably one of the hardest lessons I had to learn was the purpose of child welfare, Okay, so let's move on to number three. So number three was probably the biggest surprise to me um, and a very hard pill to swallow, which is because like I talked about, once you become a certified foster family or sort of your home becomes a certified foster home, you lose your privacy. So my children's privacy and my own privacy no longer was private. Because as a state home, if my child was having emotional having emotional acting out or emotional needs, maybe my child needed to go to see a therapist, my caseworker had every right to ask and receive those records from my child's therapist. Now why? Why might you ask? Because those records, the care that was being given would, could impact the foster child being in our home. My caseworker also had a right to know the immunizations, the parenting, the ways that we parent our child. We were, of course, allowed to discipline our own children but not around foster children. Like there is, there's a lot of different things that we had to really understand. And we had, I had no idea. I really feel like I went into this blindly. And that's why I'm really hoping to share this with you guys so that you guys can have more information so you guys can make better decisions and know what you're stepping into and how to best make decisions for your family. So if I was going through a struggle, if I needed to be on medication, if I needed to see therapists or the caseworkers have rights to ask for those records, which you guys, I had no idea. I thought I I could have access to the child's records who came into my home and I could know what it is that we're preparing for or walking through. I didn't realize it was all the way around. So that was a big shocker to me. But I will say that looking back, I would have from day one of going, becoming a foster parent, I would have had myself and my kiddos begin counseling. And the reason for that is because as a mom... Having foster kiddos coming in your home, there's so much that you don't know about the kiddos and there's so much, so many big emotions, right, happening for if you have your own biological kiddos that maybe they're nervous to talk to you about or maybe they just need a safe space where it's just you and them or dad and them so that you can talk about these big feelings. Like These are big changes. And you can't be everywhere at all moments. And so it just gives them that safe space. And so whenever you have a foster child, oh gosh, I think in every single situation other than kiddos with develop, who are developmentally disabled and not able to have communication, they were seeing a therapist or a counselor regularly every week. So what that had me seeing as hindsight was, well, if they needed a counselor, why don't why aren't my children in counseling? Why aren't my kids having that same level of care, right? So that was one of the biggest things. Yes, those records would have been then able to be accessed by child welfare. That is one thing I would have done differently is have myself and my children in therapy or counseling from day one. So let's move on to number four. This one here is definitely a no-brainer, but we should definitely talk about number four. So number four, emotional stability. Matters. Now you might be saying, of course it does, but I'm going to give you some examples. So I remember there was this one kiddo that we had, and I remember I picked him up from a McDonald's parking lot from the caseworker, and he was nonverbal, extremely autistic and um they considered him feral is what they told me that was their words that they used for him and about every 30 minutes he would let out a high-pitched scream at the top of your lungs like you it hurts you painfully inside to hear it every 30 minutes like clockwork, and he only slept a few hours a night. So I'm gonna tell you right now that that was emotionally really challenging on me. And there were days where um, I was so exhausted that I was super emotional because I really wanted to help this child but I also had my two boys who were a little we had a few other kiddos in the house and then at the top of that at the top of my mind was adopting our daughter right that we didn't yet have and so you guys I at times was an emotional basket case and then I felt like these caseworkers were my friends right? Because I built these relationships um, with them and trusted them. And they were bringing these children into my home. And so I just was such an open bull. And so what I didn't realize is that that emotional stability in front of a caseworker matters so much. They are human too. They are making judgments about you. They are observing the entire situation they impact the next children that you're going to get in your home. They are going back to the office and writing up notes about what you said, how you presented, what you looked like. Were you emotional? So that part, I was way too open. I was way too open with what I was struggling with. So emotional stability matters more when you're in front of a caseworker. It matters that you're honest and transparent, right? But you don't need to give out every single detail to About everything going on in your mind, right? So, this is where I would really talk to you and encourage you that to have that counseling, right? To have that counseling, have that safe space with the person that you can just kind of talk it out. I don't know if you guys are like me, but I need to talk things out. I need to just vent, let it get out, and then I can move on, right? Also breaks with your friends, with your family. If you're married, taking a weekly date with your spouse or significant other so that you are not spending 24 hours a day in the world of foster parenting so that you have that mental break. Also, one of the biggest things that happened once we started getting, and it started with that kiddo, um, there was no way he could go to the daycare at the church it it just wasn't it was not possible so we stopped going to church because it wasn't possible now looking back I could have figured out a way to take the other kids to church right take alternating shifts with my husband I would encourage you to be super creative but if going to church is something that you do to making that a priority making that a non-negotiable The other thing, um, reading my Bible daily, that was something I did not do. And so I was not rooting myself in God's word. And I was rooting myself in my emotions and rooting myself in what the world thought of me and said about me and conversations I was having. And this one here, so this one's going to be really hard for some people to hear, but it's just true. Don't keep a child in your home if they're not a good fit, it will hurt your own biological children and it will hurt them and it will hurt you. Okay. Now I heard from caseworkers all the time when I would say, I am so overwhelmed. I am like beside myself. I had kids with needle kids with needs in our home that were way too extreme for me. And they would say, well, we really shouldn't move them because it will cause attachment disorder in these kiddos, or it could be more harmful for the kiddos. Y'all What I never imagined was if that is harmful for the kiddos to move as far as attachment, it could be just as harmful to my own biological kids by keeping that child in my home. So I know that's not what caseworkers are going to want to hear, but I'm going to encourage you if you ever have a child in your home that is beyond your mental emotional needs to please ask for that child to be moved and set a time limit on it, tell them they have three days, they have five days, they have 24 hours, whatever it is to keep you in the right place, mentally, and running your home as you do establish those boundaries. So and remember too that if you have biological kiddos, you need to make sure first and foremost that they are in a nurturing place and having a child in your home, that is causing you to be outside of your your emotions, right? To have extreme fluctuating emotions, that is not good for any kiddo in the house. So number five, this one here, I did not know what I did not know, but I want you to know whatever they, a caseworker tells you about a child it is not always everything. Let's say that again. Everything you know about a child who is in your home is not the full story. I want you to, when you start taking in kiddos, or maybe you already have kiddos, I want you to assume that everything and anything that you have read is just the tip of the iceberg. Everything that you know is just a small percentage of what has happened. And I say this, not because I want it to be true. I say this So that you can best set good boundaries for your own children for your foster children and for your home because caseworkers don't know everything birth parents when they have a child removed from them they are not going to share everything that happened why because they're human they don't want any more charges or any more reasons to have their child be separated from them also there's a lot of shame attached To environments and things that have happened to their children, so they're not going to share the full story. Their parent or the caseworker is not going to be able to share the full story with you, and there is no way that somebody has been there twenty-four hours a day documenting every single thing that the child has been through. And I say this from experience because we've had some hard things that we've worked through with kiddos. And so much comes out over the time that a child has been in your home, and the more comfortable they feel with you, the more secure, then they start sharing information, right? And then if it's something that you had originally said, this is not something, this behavior or this um, type of exposure is not something we feel comfortable having a child like this in our home, and then they share that this is something that they have experienced or been a part of that's where you just want to know and just mentally know that whatever you know whatever you hear from the caseworker it's truly just the tip of the iceberg that will help set you up for the most possible success and protecting your boundaries we're going to do a whole nother episode on boundaries and placements and so much more goodness to come you guys I am um, so thankful that you've hung out here to hear my top five. Again, these will definitely be individually their own episodes as we move forward, but I would love to hear your biggest aha moments or things that you didn't know from you as well. So hop on over to my Facebook and let's continue the conversation. Hey friend, I hope that you loved today's episode. I pray it blessed you and helped you see that you have a friend in your corner who truly understands what you're walking through. If so, would you share this episode with someone who's been praying for a breakthrough in their own journey? It would also bless me big time and help others to find this podcast if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also submit your questions, topics that you would like covered, and find a community of like-minded mamas in my private Facebook group by searching what to expect while fostering and adopting on Facebook. See you next time.